And now, right to your hopes of down the garden path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Welcome to Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host, Matthew Dressing. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Joanne, and good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right, and thank you, Matt. Tonight we begin our month-long look at edible gardening. We are in a new month, so welcome to March, everybody. And to help us kick it off, we are joined once more by our Down the Garden Path all-star guest, Julia DeMarcos, to talk all about herbs. If you're looking forward to growing your own this year, don't forget to get your copy of Julia's new ebook, how to Plan a Vegetable Garden, available now at juliademacos.com. Having trouble getting your herbs to grow? Need some advice on what to grow this year? Please send your questions for, our, for the show tonight to instudio101 at gmail.com. So as many of you know, Julia gardens in a, a large 7,000 square foot garden in Mono, Ontario, in the formal kitchen style uh, garden style, I guess, kitchen to garden style. Uh, Julia has been growing vegetables and writing about gardening for over 10 years and has twice published in the Canadian Organic Grower magazine and has just, as I mentioned, released her new ebook, How to Plant a Vegetable Garden. She loves to inspire others to have their own vegetable gardens by showing them the simpler side of gardening. I know your videos have been amazing lately. Um, so teaching, she enjoys teaching others, speaking and holding workshops. So welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you for having me back again. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, me too. I'm excited to have you. And herbs, what a great topic. Yes, it is. It's it's they're just so they're just so great. They're, they yeah. smell great, they're useful, they're healthy. It's just mm -hmm. so great to have. Oh, that's good. I'm yeah, I'm looking looking forward to we kind of talked about um you know, to give everybody a guideline, you know, some of the easy ones, some of the little trickier ones, that type of thing. Um, but I am excited. To, and I know anybody who follows you on Instagram, you've been sharing some wonderful videos of uh, how your plants are going and how your seeds. So have, you're still like continuing, I guess you must have a plan every day about, okay, this today I start, I sow these seeds, that type of thing. So my plans are about two weeks. They, they're so I have a seed starting calculator on my website, which I don't know if you've seen it or not. I think Matthew has. And yeah. so I use that to plan all my plantings and they're based on two week sessions. So first of all, it's adapted to, it adapts to your specific final frost date and first frost dates you could do fall snowings. But so what I do is I enter my final frost date, which for me is June 1st. And then it, I have everything in there, all the herbs, you know, all the veggies, all the flowers, everything's in there. But that really gives me an idea as I'm running through and okay, so now we're at March, where are we? March 7th today. So I, you know, I, I just did that last night, for example, and I saw that, okay, so what's coming up next? And so then I kind of pull the okay. seeds and I cut and I organize them, which is the last video you maybe saw on Instagram was how I or sort them based on like two week sessions. So, you know, from March 9th till March 23rd, I have to sow or 22nd, 
I'm sewing a specific group, which the calculator tells me it's time for me to sew. Now I know many of these things offhand, but it's hard to remember specifically, like Mm -hmm. what week was that? Did I do that in April? Was that a beginning of March? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so really keeps me sorted. So that's in my shop if anybody's interested in that, but it's an Excel spreadsheet and it's really easy to work with. But so that's how I do it. So it's not more like every day. Uh, it's more, what am I doing like in the next, within the next two weeks, I'm going to pull my seeds and then the ones that are immediate, I set them right beside my potting bench. And then the ones that are like next week are kind of on the table behind me. And then I just do this rotation, which makes things really easy and also keeps it in small portions. So I'm not Mm. overwhelmed because if I think of the garden as a big 7,000 square foot thing, you know, that can be overwhelming. But when I break it down into little pieces, it's actually not when it's all organized that way, then I can just, I can handle the one task at a time, as opposed to seeing it as a, as a big, like, what am I doing? You know, I don't want to be lost in it. So just keep it simple. That's how I do it. Yeah. And I wondered how you did that because yeah, it is daunting you know, we have a very small vegetable garden, but still that I, my son and I kind of dabble in together, but you know, it still can be overwhelming. So, and just the thought of even an ornamental garden that's 7,000 square feet is, is a large garden. So I think that's a great tip that regardless of the size that our listeners might have of a garden, it's better to break it down into little pieces, right? Right. So, you know, uh, if, for example, the herbs, I start a lot of my herbs from seed. And so those two are easy to do that way because I can, there's ones that have to be started early that are harder to start from seed. You can choose to buy them or you can choose to start them from seed. And then there's ones that are easier, which, you know, germinate much quicker, have a shorter life cycle and are more of a succession sowing type of herb. So by doing it, by not thinking of, okay, I've got to start my herbs. What am I doing now? Okay. I got to get all the herb seeds. Okay. What am I doing? You know, and then it becomes like a big daunting task. I just pull out the ones that need to be started earlier, get those done. Now those are done, pot them up as they need it. And then I start the next batch and it's just, it's just little pieces of, Mm -hmm. you know, of a big, of a big puzzle. And it's not that overwhelming. You know, when I did that, when we expanded the garden, you know, I was managing a 2000 square foot garden. My garden was before. Uh, And then when we expanded to seven, I looked around, I thought, oh my goodness, like what have I got myself into? Mm -hmm. But then I found a way to not see it as a whole you know that's the whole key is to see it in parts and mm-hmm. as a result like I, I have more than enough time I don't have help it's just me but I have more than enough time to as long as I'm seeing it by task it's really not a big deal to, to manage so I think that that's we should cool. we should look at all of gardening that way and then it ends up being fun it's like what's next you know like as opposed yeah. to oh so much you know yeah 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 what's next okay well since we're going to talk about herbs I I don't know. I'm going to ask you, like, what are, if we're starting herbs inside, um, is it the same as starting vegetables? Are there a best, uh, best practices for herbs when you start growing them inside? So I try to keep things simple and everything that I do in the garden, I don't do any extra steps. So I don't cold stratify any of my herb seeds. I find that they don't need them. Some people do that for lavender and I've read about it before and I really don't understand why you need to, you don't need to. I grow perennial lavender, which is hardy in a zone five. And I start it from seed. I even save my own seed, which is really, really easy. Just wait for the flowers to dry and then you crumble it over a plate and the, the seeds fall out. I did that last year and I planted my own seeds again this year. No problem. The plants are doing just as well as they've done every other year that I've started them from seed, but I didn't have to do anything. I stored them in a little envelope in my seed catalog you know, drawer system. It's just yeah. dry in there. It's, it's not particularly, you know, cold. It's not hot. It's just kind of like normal room temperature. And 
no problem. I didn't do anything. I planted them as always. And no, lavender can be tricky. It's, you know, it depends. It's, you might need to overseed a little bit and then not all the seeds will germinate. It's more of a complicated, like I would rate that. What was that chart that we, the, the categories that we had harder to grow from seed. I would rate lavender as a harder to grow harder from seed, grow. but not an impossible to grow from seed. So, you know, you just, no special treatment, just start as you would. You just need some patience. And, you know, like hot peppers need extra time to germinate. Lavender needs extra time to germinate. You just okay. need to give it that patience and expect that it will take extra time. It doesn't need to be cold. I, I set mine under the grow light and then I wait for it to germinate. That's it. I don't let it. Now, once it's, once it's grown, although lavender likes drier conditions in the garden, when it's a baby, you don't want to dry it out the same way. So, you know, I do water it when the soil is mostly half dry, then I set it into a, like a, a larger, I guess, tray basin type thing that I have. And I water from below. So it never, I, I, I don't have too much of a soggy soil. I'm not watering from the top. Like if everything is evenly watered. I take them out of the tray, they drain off, they go back into the lights. It's very, it's just that. So that is, yeah. okay. in terms of anything else, it's, it's just requires patience. And many of the herbs have really tiny seeds. So, you know, oregano, thyme, savory, these are all like really tiny seeds. And so they almost look like, you know, specks of salt. They're so small. But oh other God. than them being tiny and you're needing to like manage a smaller seedling, same thing. You know, it's okay. just, it needs a little, so you just don't have to pot it up as quickly. You can, you can over sow like uh, thyme and oregano. Whenever you see them in a pot, there's lots of stems, right? Mm -hmm. Even uh, sweet marjoram, I've already have growing a big pot of it. Same thing, like you can over sow a few seeds, you can do, you know, five, six seeds in a cell. And I okay. find they're fine. They're not, you don't need to do one, you could do several. And then okay. they're tiny for a long time, but that's okay, because then you don't have to deal with them. You can just watch them, water them when they need it. And eventually okay. they grow into a manageable size and they can be potted up into a larger pot together. Okay, you so you don't need to anything. thin them out. Then you don't need to no. thin them out in the cell pack. Okay. They will just, you know, fill in nicely. I assume nurseries do the same thing. I've never worked in a nursery. I've never seen how they do it, but I assume it's several seeds per cell, you know, and they just yeah. kind of bunch them together. Same thing with basil. I don't do, well, actually basil, I do. I do one seed per cell, but I, I do plant two and then I thin it out or separate them. They need a little bit more space. And then I, I transplant, I'll transplant lots into a pot, but I won't start two in a, in a cell. I'll, oh, okay. I'll do lots in a pot instead. Well, you know, okay. so I'll do like a six inch pot. I like to transplant into six inch pots for them, mm -hmm. for herbs. And they kind of stay in that for a long time. And I'll mm -hmm. do five uh, or four of the cell, you know, the cell inserts, whatever, for little yes, individuals. Yeah. Okay. I'll put into a six inch pot. So there's lots in there and they okay. can manage it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, we were going to talk, break, kind of break it down for everybody. Um, categories okay. we kind of came up with together uh, were easy to grow from seed, harder to grow from seed, and the ones where we just say, you know what, it's just better to purchase as a plant. <laughs> right. So why yes. don't you, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your favorite ones that are easy to grow for our listeners? So my favorites are basil, of course, and I love all basil. And I think it's really fun to do some research when you're ordering seeds. And the great thing about growing it from seed is that you have the variety selection. You know, if you're going to the nursery, you may find, you might find, you'll definitely find a regular Genovese basil, a sweet basil. You'll probably find a Thai basil, maybe something else. But, you know, when I order basil, I get every single basil I can find because I like to, I, I plant basil in the garden for for me, 
to harvest, but also for the pollinators. And I like to walk past it and, and rub it and smell it. So I don't always use it all. I just like it there, right? And it's beneficial okay. too. So um, I, you know, you can start all the basils and there's cinnamon basil, lemon basil, lime basil. There's, you know, um, there's, there's Greek basil, which is so much fun. It's the uh, tiny leaf ones and they're more, they come, they, they turn into like a ball, like a little, oh. I don't know. They turn into a little like, po- like a, uh, what's it called? Not a potpourri. Um, anyway, maybe you know what I'm talking about, but you know, yes, the, yeah. Yeah. What's that called? I do know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what, oh, like a, a kokidama kind of? No, it's no. like um, very ornamental in a way. You know, you put it in a pot and it grows into a little ball. And it, gourd? What are those things? Anyway, what, sorry, what did you say? Gourd? No, Not a gourd. <laughs> no, okay. I don't yeah, know. I sorry. That's okay. why I'm quiet. That's why I'm sorry, quiet. If a, listener, no. if a listener knows what I'm referring to, it's not a potpourri. What's it called? A, a topiary. Topiary? Topiary. Yes. Topiary. Woohoo! Yay! Yes. You get the prize. Well, if you get two balls, I think of topiary as two balls. So one ball and like a cocodama? It's, it's like a one ball topiary. It looks like a little okay. topiary. They're round and they're pretty and they can grow in a pot. You can put them in the garden. But they don't really bolt they don't really go to seed so they're great for the whole summer yeah you can pinch them back and they kind of maintain that round ball shape you just need to pinch the tops of it and it stays like a topiary it's so much fun so and that's that's the greek Greek, basil greek Greek basil basil. it's also known as aristotle basil okay yeah yeah you know what i find uh, funny (laughs) at the stores um when you know you when you're they're all really picked over um, yeah, you can always find lemon basil. I don't know what it is, but I don't know that that's very popular. But you know, anytime I go to the nursery and like, oh, to looking for basil, they would just have left all that was left over was lemon basil kind yeah. of thing. So, so lemon basil is great in tea. You can you can do the fresh leaves in tea, and you can also use it where you want to use lemon in a cooking dish. So you could put it with fish, or you could put it on a salad, and it would have a lemony taste. Cinnamon basil is really fun too. I'm not sure if I mentioned that already, but yeah. I grow cinnamon basil. It smells like cinnamon. You know, it's it's amazing. I love holy basil. Holy basil is also known as Tulsi basil or sacred basil. It's not the same as regular basil. It's actually a different um, species. And it is, it is, it's medicinal and it has a really amazing smell to it. And you want it to grow for the flowers and the pollinators love it makes a great tea it's it's really really good for you it's a must in my garden it gets really really big and then I chop it down halfway you know it, like midsummer I chop it down halfway and then it go, regrows again and it's like it blooms till the end right the bees have pollen to the end it's great and nectar so that's another must so the basil is like one of my favorite things so that's you know there's, so there's a lot of information on basil uh, another one that I love to grow is cilantro and not everyone likes cilantro. I really like cilantro. Some people, it, for them, it tastes like mm-hmm. soap. And that's because mm-hmm. it shares genetics with soap. So in your brain, if you have the gene, you will, um, some people are sensitive to it. So when I eat cilantro, to me, it's a fresh, delicious flavor. I could have a salad of just cilantro. And other people, it tastes soap. It's because it's that terpene in the brain. It's just it's the same. It shares the same compounds as a soap. So I don't have that gene, so I don't taste soap. But if you do, that means you have it. It's not something, yeah. and you can't like get used to the taste because it's going to taste like soap to you if you have that. I don't have that. I forgot what it's called. It's with uh, anyways. Yeah, it's, it's, but son has it because yeah, we can't have anything with with uh, cilantro in the house because he just. But you, you know, know or, uh, so yeah. cilantro is different than coriander. So if cilantro mm-hmm. goes to seed, that doesn't have the soap flavor. So you mm-hmm. can then you know if you like that 
if you, you can actually grow your own spices. So you could plant cilantro for the coriander seed, put it in a sunny spot because cilantro grows better where it's cooler. It won't go over the seed as quickly, but if you want the seed, you could put it in a sunny spot and it'll bolt. And then you can collect the seeds and you can have that as your spices. And there's nothing better than homegrown fresh spices. Yeah. So yeah, so that's um, another thing that I love growing and I love growing dill. So those three, I would say, uh, I love so much. I mean, I love others. There's others mm -hmm. that are on the harder to grow list, but of the three, like dill, if you have it in your garden, you'll probably always have it because they eventually will bolt. They'll eventually go to seed. They'll become these giant, tall structures. You can cut them and you can pickle with them. You can, you know, collect the seeds for spices again, because I love mm -hmm. growing spices. I love growing everything, right? So I like to be fully self-sufficient. So if I grow spices, I grow spices. Uh, mm -hmm. But that one's a really fun one. But, you know, you can plant it somewhere and it'll come back year after year. And if you don't want it to do that, then you should plant it in a pot because it will come back year after year. I have a, like a four by 12 bed, which is just all deal with my can't. Ah, okay. <laughs> and, my, and you get... Because it's a favorite for the swallowtail butterfly as I do. well. So I do you do. get the I caterpillars? I do get the caterpillars, but it's okay because I have a four by 12 bed of it. Yeah. So, and it's in the old section of the garden. It's the original section, which will be rebuilt this okay. year, actually. We're going to change that 2,000 square foot section into something new. Uh, but in that, in that section where the beds are crumbling, I do have a four by, four, four by 12 foot bed of dill. It's pretty crazy. I don't have to ever start it from seed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it. yeah. It is easy to weed out though. Like I, you know, I think there's Very. many other weeds, right? And many other things that self seed that are an issue, but dill, I think is, you know, it'll grow so. on the cracks and, and things like that, but it is a, an important pollinator, especially uh, for the swallowtail butterfly. Yeah. And if you want to have a garden that, you know, is, um, if you if you have a, if you want to have a garden that's a full ecosystem right if you you want to have all these things in your garden you want to have herbs that attract pollinators you know they also attract certain insects that eat bad insects that you don't want in your garden so if you can attract you know ladybugs to your garden and they'll eat aphids on your plants you know if you can attract parasitic wasps then they'll get rid of hormone caterpillars for you so if the more of this stuff that you can incorporate to make it into a natural ecosystem the better you're going to have um a better working garden and then also you'll have a lot less work on your hands because you'll have insects they're good beneficial insects that are doing you know helping you combat bad insects so the more you of this and then the more crops you'll have because you'll you'll have pollinators they're pollinating your flowers and then they're going to pollinate your vegetables so you know the more you can squeeze in and you don't need to have a lot of space for it because you can literally put it at the base of larger plants you can tuck them into corners you know mm -hmm. like on the edges anywhere and they don't grow very tall i mean dill will eventually when it bolts but you can cut that down it's not a big deal and a dill root is so thin right it's like a hair yeah, you just pull that thing out it's nothing very dainty very dainty yeah and i i like to think too that in an ornamental garden so people that might have shorter amount of space um that it's easy to either tuck them in pots and tuck them into your you know garden your ornamental gardens so even if it's your front garden i think herbs are very pretty and are very interesting as well so whether you plant them right in the garden or if it's something where you want to get some decorative pots and kind of put them in your garden because sometimes sometimes people's son is in their front yard right and, right and uh, the thing is some herbs prefer shade too so cilantro mm -hmm. And they'll really like a partially shady morning sun, afternoon shade environment. They'll do better. They won't bolt as quickly because they bolt in the heat. So, you know, those two, if all you have is shade, then you can put that. But, you know, you could even put a pot on your 
you know, on your deck in the back where you have, where you have your table and you, you have your barbecue, it could just be a couple of pots or three pots sitting right on the table uh, that don't take up a lot of space and they don't, they don't really require a lot of work, you know? And then for example, when we move on to the next section, to, oh, you know, actually no, the first section, this one time is a really time. easy one. Mm-hmm. It's an easy one to start from seed and you can, um, you could put that in a pot that's perennial, but so, if, you know, if you have a perennial garden, you could put it as a, there's different varieties of time available. Again, you don't have to just have regular time. You can even yeah. have lemon time. You can have variegated mm-hmm. time. You can have creeping time. You can have woolly time. And so even just to smell it, because I love herbs, not always to eat, but to smell and enjoy just, you know, to walk past and rub against them. Or So if you put woolly thyme in your garden, you know, between stones, right mm-hmm. in your perennial garden, you can like kind of brush past it and it's going to release that smell and also attract pollinators. So, you know, these are, you can really tuck them in and they don't take up a, they don't grow very tall. They don't get very wide. So you're really not going to have a lot of, you know, invasiveness in there. And not yeah. only that too, like the more herbs you put in your garden, the less um, in, like bad bugs you're going to have. So because the natural essential oils in them repel bad insects. Mm. So, you know, you can incorporate these things into your perennial gardens. Uh, if you don't have space for a garden in it, they'll still grow for you. Wow. Just so don't herbs spray. for pest management, right? Herbs for yes. pest management. <laughs> yes. The only thing, if you're going to put them in a perennial garden, don't put salt down on the path that they're next to, because that will go into the garden. You won't be able to eat it. So just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Keep it away from where you salt your pathways. Yes. Okay. Good yeah. point. Um, and you did mentor. Okay. So this, and this is something I wanted to ask you about, because I saw your video. Um, you put easy to grow from seed, but it's ginger from store-bought rhizomes. So if we were to buy the little root, ginger root. Yep. So I recommend only getting organic because mm-hmm. oftentimes uh, the non-organic or oftentimes in general ginger is sprayed to inhibit sprouting. So it lasts longer on the shelf. And that's why it looks so looks almost barkish, right? Like it's dry yeah. and dark and brown and just looks awful. So that's really old, right? And that is not going to sprout probably for you. So you want to get the organic stuff. You can go to the health food store, go to the organic section and the grocery store. They often have organic uh, ginger. And you want to get one that's got, um, that looks like it's got supple buds on it. You know, the one that's dehydrated and dry, forget it. You want to get okay. one that kind of looks like the skin is still a bit fresh and it looks like it has eyes. And so the eyes are like the little knobs around the tips. That's where the new stems will come out of, the new shoots. And so, you know, I uh, have them in my, I had a whole bunch in my cupboard, just sitting there in a bowl, forgotten from the summertime. And they all grew shoots. And they're all the shoots uh, are about six inches long. So, okay. you know, that's, that's just so easy. I'm going to plant all of them and then they'll produce for me. But you can do the same thing uh, just by, you can just plant them. They'll just take longer to uh produce shoots but they'll still grow you need to make sure that they can they have room to expand because they do make like a bear claw type of formation once they start growing and they do have a long growing season so the best thing to do is put them in a in a wider pot and then bring keep the pot outside in the summertime and then bring it indoors in the winter time and then let the leaves die down and then the next year put it back outside again and it will like you can put it somewhere cool that it can just go dormant and then the next year garage, garage? it's not freeze if it doesn't freeze in your garage if it's like okay. zero it's fine as long as it doesn't you know freeze in there okay. um it should be fine and then you just water it again in the spring and it will regrow and then by the end of that growing season the leaves will die back you can pull it out and you'll have beautiful ginger and now beautiful like fresh ginger was one we never get to see it's almost has no skin it's yellow 
and it is so pungent and delicious and it's almost sweet you know it's got that it's spicy oh, wow. sweet crispy and fresh but you can't find that in the store you know you can get closer to it in an organic section but it's mm-hmm. still already slightly aged so grown on your own from your own garden and it's almost got like pink eyes on it it's so fresh and pretty wow. yeah so hey okay. i'm excited about that's that very easy you yeah. can do the same thing with, i didn't put on the list but you can do the same thing with turmeric but turmeric requires patience because it takes longer for it to sprout Okay. So mine sprouted the same way in my dark cupboard. So I just planted it and I put it, I'm going to plant them in my garden this year because I think that they need the heat. And I'm really bad at watering containers in the summertime because I'm too busy in the garden to do mm-hmm. any kind of watering. So, uh, but I'm going to put it in my garden this year and see if that helps me get a larger harvest. Um, okay. If not, I'll, maybe I'll dig it up and put it in a pot and bring it inside. But anyway, I'm going to, uh, turmeric is the same thing. It just requires more patience. That's more patience. All. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's, we do have a few questions and we're having such so much fun having a conversation that I forgot. Oh yeah. There's people calling. And <laughs> questions. Um, so, uh, so, well, let's, so we just talked about basil. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, Donna said, Holy basil. I love your show. Funny joke. <laughs> so thank you for listening, Donna. Um, and, um, Oh, this is more of a fall thing, but if you want to just quickly to mention it, Bill is just asking about growing our own garlic, which we normally yep. plant in the fall. Yeah, so you need to, you plant it in the fall. I like You can plant it anytime in the fall, but I don't like to plant it when it's still hot outside. So our Septembers tend to be quite hot still. Mm-hmm. So I like yeah. to plant mine at the end of October because I don't want it to start growing. You know, if it's still during the late summer, early fall, we have a lot of rains and it's warm outside, so it could sprout. And I mean, it's fine if it starts to root, but I don't want it to sprout and then I want it to die. You know, it's it'd be fine even if it had some of that winter kill, but I don't, why strain the clove, you know, to produce some greens to then have them die back and then have to try to grow growth again. So mm-hmm. as long as the ground is workable, like think of it like planting tulips, you know, as long as you can work the ground, you can plant your garlic. Some people okay. plant theirs in December if we have a nice, you know, late fall. I get mine in, this year was, I think, the third week of October or last year, uh, but I've put them in later than November 1st as well, and that's fine. So separate them into separate individual cloves and plant them, I would say, three times the depth, you know, the length of the cloves. So plant Mm -hmm. the depth would be three times that. Okay, perfect. So there you go, Bill. So you, you probably didn't know that, that you do something that you do plant around, like I like mine October as well to do yeah. kind of, depending on the weather, uh, like Julia mentioned, and that you harvest them in the summer, more like July. Um, well, you so. can do the scapes. You take, you can, well, you okay. can harvest for green garlic. If you plant a lot, like me, you can plant, you can pull individual ones or just clip off some of the green uh, stems that come up. And that's green garlic, which you can use instead of green onion. And it has a mild garlic flavor, but it's still really, um, it's got a slight garlic flavor, but it's nice. You can eat that okay. raw or saute it. Or you could pull an entire thing and it's lovely too. Uh, but then once the scape comes and you, it's going to curl. So the scape is instead of a flower stalk, it's going to be a, like a, instead of a flower stalk, eventually if you leave it on, produces rather than flowers, like a um, bulbils, which is like a little ball full of these tiny miniature cloves. So that to prevent the, the plant from putting all its energy into producing those bulbils, you want to remove the scape. So I right. removed the scape once it makes its second curl, I remove the scape and I just snap it off with my fingers at the base okay. of the scape. Yeah. And, um, and then 
I would say garlic is ready for harvest about three weeks later. Oh, okay. Three to okay. four weeks later. Yeah, approximately. Once you see, because the, the, the garlic has leaves, and once the mm-hmm. two lowest leaves are yellow, like then the lowest ready. to the ground, then it's ready for harvest. You can okay. start taking them out. Okay. Yeah. I didn't grow a lot last year, but we did, I did take the scapes and we made, and like it ended up being like half a jar of garlic, yeah. uh, of garlic pesto. And oh my pesto. goodness. Oh, it's with, so yes, good. with the pine nuts and, and in the blender with the, with the scapes. Oh my gosh. It was so good. It was so it's good. So good. So. I, I, made, I have so much of it and I, I freeze some. I use silicone trays and I, that, you know, you would make soap in. I, I use that for making, freezing the garlic scape pesto and then I wrap oh. it in like a plastic wrap. It, we've been eating them. They are so good that now I can't wait. I can't wait. But, you know, you can experiment. You could put uh, cashews instead. You could put pistachios instead. You could do macadamia nuts instead. Like oh. you can have fun. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. And pine nuts are fairly expensive. So if you don't have them on hand, try walnuts. Like it could be any nut, right? Okay. You could do peanuts okay. if you like that flavor. So you can have fun oh, with it. That's good to know. I love you can, pistachios. You can, yeah. And you can soak your almonds and overnight and then kind of they sprout. And then you can use them. And they'll be softer to blend and they'll be healthier. Side note. Anyway, there you go. go. (laughs) Um, So Kim has written in and she says, hi, Joanne. I think um, I love the show with Julia. Always lots of info. Julia talked about growing onions from scrap onions. Is that correct? So from the kitchen scraps? Yeah. Yeah. So you could, you, so what you would grow them for is green onion because onions are biennial. And so if you plant those onions out to grow onion bulbs, they won't, they'll bolt and they'll make seeds. So, but you can grow them inside in a pot or transfer them to the garden and eventually, um, and they'll grow green onions for you because green onion is an onion plant that we harvest young for green onion. Scallions are technically white onion. Yeah, so we just harvest them immature. Yeah, and we plant them close together and yeah. they they bunch right they stay small same okay. thing yeah multi- multiplier onions too or onions like shallots basically they're shallots that you know their first year you're buying a first year so it's in its second year when you plant it and it too makes a green looks like a bunch of green onions which i love i grow them every year they're so much fun i just harvest bunches of green onions from the garden uh but that too is it's an onion plant or a shallot plant that then mm-hmm. you grow we grow for green onion but that's okay yeah, that's what it is so if we were to use that yeah so if we're to use the onion at home like the green onions in for the cooking you know cut it up for a salad or stir fry or something yeah. um then is that something we just put in water to root you don't even have to do that because oftentimes there's still roots on it. Now, if there aren't, sometimes they're cut really short, put them in a little shot glass and they're going to grow roots fairly quickly. And then you can plant them and just use like okay. a pencil or a dibber in a pot to make that yeah. hole. And then just gently slide them in so you don't damage the roots or the crown because they will, they, they're, they're delicate. And you just gently put them in, just, you know, tap the soil all around and then they produce green onion. I have two pots in my kitchen. I have not yeah. bought green onions now since I started regrowing them. I bought one bunch and I regrew, I grew all of them. So now every time I need them, I just clip from my kitchen pots. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, great question. And, oh, this is another interesting one. So James has written in and asked if there are any herbs to grow to repel rodents in the garden. Tricky. 
No, I, don't, I, I know. know. That's a hard one. No, yeah. I know. I have rodents in my garden and I grow all of them. So I really, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really hard. There's really nothing, you know, especially around a vegetable garden where you don't obviously don't want to use chemicals or anything like that for rodents. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Maybe if you put garlic into every bed, uh, they never eat the garlic in my garden. So mm-hmm. maybe if you put some onions and garlic around, you mm-hmm. know, made a border, but they could just go through it and then yeah. go to what they want. Right. Yeah. They still burrow underneath the ground. They're awful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, I don't have an answer. Yeah. So uh, we have another listener. Irene is asking if you keep chickens. I used to. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I had them for six years. Oh, did you really? Time. So she said, yeah. so could she please give advice to someone contemplating? And I had a chicken show really early on. I think it was still when I was doing the radio show. So a good friend of mine who's a farmer in uh, and also a fellow landscape designer in near waterloo so janet came on the show to talk about chickens so chickens are a lot of work right they're a lot of work and i don't want to get them again it is a, you have to commit we don't live in the climate where they can live outside all the time so you know i found it really hard over the six months when they were locked in because my chickens were free-ranging they mm-hmm. had an electric fence but they had the freedom to go in and out uh, but then I'd have to lock them in for six months. And so during that time, it's really hard to get out there when it's freezing outside and blowing and snowing. Their water freezes, you know, it gets cold. You have to replace it. Someone gets sick. Someone gets a frostbite on their toe mm. or their comb and you have to treat them. They get a compacted egg. Someone get, you know, you might have to put one down. What if someone dies? Where are you going to put them? So, you know, you have to be prepared uh, to deal with animal husbandry. Like any other farm animal, you like livestock. Yes. They are livestock, and so you have to be ready with medicine, and you have to be ready to, you know, to be humane and put them down when they need it. And I was really bad with that. I would always have a friend come and put them down for me, and it was just yeah. so hard for me. So, yeah. And the winters were the worst. And then you have to clean mm-hmm. the coop. I mean, so you got to be ready. It is really amazing. You get the eggs, and they're so delicious, and you get the poop, mm-hmm. which is so great. Uh, I love the chicken poop. It smells, but it's good, great compost. Yeah. But um, everything else is. You got to be ready for it. You got to be ready. So I don't know where you are, Irene. If you are in on like Toronto or the GTA, I was talking to another friend who's actually doing rent a chicken. Uh, oh. So you can because you do need a two because they're very, very social. So you can't just get one chicken. Um, so she was. She said she goes. I know it's more expensive, but I don't want to commit, like you said, because it's such a good commitment. Um, so she's going to test it out and you kind of get, I know for the someone, season. yeah, so I, I know someone rent- who did that. Yeah. So and it, it was great. You get a, mm-hmm. you get a coop, you get yep. all the equipment, they're only there during the summer and you yep. get all their eggs. They're already laying and then they take them away. And yeah. it's wonderful. You know, and then they go back to the farm and they're not killed and then they can continue doing what they're doing. So I think it's great. That's a really great way to sample it. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's a good way without a lot of investment, you know, as much Mm -hmm. as it might, it's going to be a certain amount of money, but it's not, you're not already investing in building your own infrastructure and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, Mm -hmm. so I just learned about this last week. Um, We were on a designer chat call and Daria said she's renting chickens and all of us were like Googling, what, you can rent a chicken. So, (laughs) so yeah, so, uh, so that is great. So uh, Irene, look at, if you're not in the GTA, if you're somewhere else, you know, check out, I'm sure. Um, well, this was be... Hillsburg. I knew I knew someone in Hillsburg that uh, oh, rented okay. a chicken, and it was fine. They had yeah. three. Um, yeah, it was it was great. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So now let's get back to herbs. Uh, yep. We um, 
we we talked we went over some of the easy ones uh, but there's some that are even though they're harder they're, it's still worth it right so what are yes. some of the harder ones to grow from seed so parsley is a harder one to grow from seed and only because the germination rate of the seeds isn't as isn't like other seeds so you need to be ready to wait they take it could take three to four weeks for them to germinate uh, they grow really, really slowly. They need to be started like now, you know, yesterday. Okay. You need to start them immediately. They have a very long season. And because they're so small, and it took mine probably three weeks to germinate. And they're just even still coming up and they're tiny, they're minute. So that one is, you know, if it's definitely worth it. I recommend I do it every year. You have to be prepared to oversow and you need to be prepared to be patient and you need to start on time. So I definitely recommend it. They grow, but they're biennial. So that means that they're done in the second year. They produce seed in their second year. Um, okay. They overwinter in your garden. They will be fine through, through the winter. Uh, but then the flavor will change in the second year and they will produce seed, which you can collect and you can save your own seed. They're like just similar to, you know, dill in the way that they have umbels on top and you just like gather all the seeds and okay. keep them and replant them again. So definitely worth it. It's just, it takes some effort and it's, okay. and you can't be disappointed. Like don't be discouraged. Well, my seeds didn't germinate. Mine didn't either for a long time and now they are. So you just got to wait. If you have fresh yeah. seed, they will have a higher likelihood. Definitely okay. get fresh seed two years maximum for the parsley and they will okay. expire I, after that pretty much. I did not know it was a perennial that it would stay in the garden. Biennial. Biennial. Sorry. So okay. yes, yes. So yeah, no okay. problem. It's hardy. It's hardy to hear. And another, should I go on to the next one? yeah please okay sage definitely mm -hmm. worth it i grow my own. i've only grown my own i mean the only time i purchased it was like if it was purple or variegated because those are really fun and they're nice and ornamental too uh, but i grow my own green garden sage every year it takes a lot of patience again not every seed will germinate fresh seed has a higher likelihood but i sewed a tray of like a little seed tray of um, cell pack of six cells i did two per cell and i got one uh and they're not coming. That's done. So then now I sort of another cell pack of six. So it's six in there with new seed. One is just coming through and it's been a couple of weeks. So another one that, you know, it takes some patience. So you just over sew. So I'm not, okay. I'm not disappointed or discouraged. I know that this can happen. So I just sew more. And okay. they're perennial, right? They're perennial. They are a great uh, pollinator um, attractant. They love, they have beautiful purple flowers that the pollinators go crazy for. You can save seed from them. Um, they're woody. So, you know, you, you trim them back by a third at the end of the season and they push out the next year and they're gorgeous. They get really big. Definitely recommend it. They're okay. not cheap to buy and you can right. easily grow them from seed as long as you invest a little patience. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now when they grow, cause you said, cause one of my favorite perennial plants is uh, ornamental, like, um, like May night sage or salvias, you know, that type of family. So mm. are, are the flowers similar? Like the kind of like the tall yeah. purple stalks? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah, per they're purple. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if there's more stalks or more. I can't remember now. Yeah. They're not as stocky as a salvia. I guess okay. they kind of flop more. They would be more a little bit more out. Okay. They're more of an yeah. outward plant. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, the plant itself that. is like really bushy, but definitely um, that's a great one. The the other ones, the purple one, the variegated one, they don't grow tall. They they kind of come back. Mm. And they're not always hardy. So depending on where you live, they might not, mine have all yeah. died. The only ones that survived are the ones I grow from seed, the regular garden sage. So yeah, that okay. one's definitely worth it. 
Oregano is another one that's tough and, and only with the fact that it takes ages, like weeks for it to germinate. And it grows so slowly. I mean, it's, it, they're tiny little things. And I waited probably the same de- uh, length of time as parsley. Parsley popped up before the oregano. And the leaves are, I don't even know how, a few millimeters. Like the whole plant is still, it's been, and it's now germinated. It's come up. I'm seeing it. But they're staying like this size, like tiny, tiny. Eventually they will expand. Yes. They just take a long time. So definitely worth time. it. They're, okay. they're perennial also. So now they can be in, in bit and bit invasive though, isn't it? Oregano can kind of take over. No, I've never had that happen. Oh, no. Okay. Not that okay. one. Now golden oregano does, but okay. golden oregano forms a beautiful mound and I have it in a garden, in a perennial garden. And it kind of like, it's on the edge of the garden and because it's mounding and it's golden. So it's like a chartreuse color. It is not even chartreuse. It's more yellow. Like it's golden. And it's like a, this like sea of it, like a cushion. It's gorgeous. It's uh-huh. so it's not really invasive. It's yeah, it's it just like a ground cover. Bed. Yeah, it just yeah. makes like a nice matted ground cover. It's nice under like at the edge of a tree, you know, like where nothing grows. Mm-hmm. It will fill in that gap and make it like a beautiful golden kind of, I don't know, you know, like a little pasture of it. It's gorgeous, but it's not that. It's not like mint. It doesn't go into the grass. It doesn't really go anywhere. I just find it expands slowly. Okay. So all right, yeah, that's good to know. Okay. And we spoke a little bit about lavender, but um, so if someone was to buy their, you know, maybe either if they don't want to start their seeds now, cause they've kind of missed it. Right. Cause that's something we should have started earlier, but if you, Oh, I recommend. Yeah. So, so lavender, lavender in your garden, right? Sorry. Yeah. So, so in my experience too, lavender isn't always hardy. You have to make sure that you get the right lavender. So hide and coat or mudstead lavenders are the ones that are hardy for zone five. They're not even hardy for zone four. So Zone five is kind of like the cutoff and there's no guarantee they'll return if you're living any zone lower than a five. So, um, but the ones that I grow from seed, I find are hardier than ones I've purchased. And I have a few that are still around that I purchased that are beautiful, big bushes and I collect flowers from every year. But the ones that I grew from seed, you know, after two years, they too get really big and they're mm. fine. They're fine in the, in the environment and they have, none of them have died, even though one in my greenhouse looks like it's now done for, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. So um, it does need 18 to 20 weeks before the final frost date. So I started mine in January and they are two inches tall. Mm. One is maybe almost three. Okay. They are already producing side shoots. So they are coming expanding Filling. they will yeah. be small in the first year and they will catch up in the second year but okay. um definitely worth it like i okay. and they're either so inexpensive and if you have one and you can collect seed from it you can like i did then you have free seed and you can you know that one too is more adapted to your climate because it's already growing there you collect the seed from it it's already hardy to your zone to, to your specific microclimate and then, okay. you know, that'll do even better the next year. Okay. So it is like, it's a little trick here. There's a lot of misinformation about that cold treatment, which I've never done. And, um, but it's worth trying, you know, and if it doesn't work, you try again, eventually okay. you'll get it and you'll have success. Somebody wrote to me and they said, I planned at 72 and I got three. I said, well, that's great. You got three, right? So <laughs> is your glass half full or is it half empty? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask a really silly question now. So, okay. Yes. So, I know if you grow your own lavender sometimes you you want to save the like the the little are those the seeds like the fragrant things like the little pellets you know you can buy a sachet of lavender right is that the seed or the seeds within that the seeds are within that okay (laughs) 
So those are okay. the flowers. So you, the you flowers. Know, so you harvest the whole stem. You don't take off the leaves. You just like harvest the actual stem, yeah. stem to the bottom. And then you dry that out. And I, if you, you have to harvest it once it's already, the flowers have opened, the bees have pollinated it. It's there for a long time. And it's the end of the season. That's where okay. the seeds are. If you, if you pick it earlier, they're not ripe. There's no seeds in there. So once okay. they're fresh and purple, but once you see them starting to fade, that's when, you know, browning a bit, that's when there's seeds in them. And then you just like remove all the little flowers off that stem and kind of like just work with your fingers, like rub them okay. over and then they will fall apart and you'll see black seeds okay that's yeah. excellent that is good information okay because yeah I think many people I'm sure there's many of us that many people listening that have a lavender plant in their garden and didn't know that you could actually do that um yeah so that is wonderful so that's something you can definitely try and hey I mean what else we've got to do in the garden in January right so exactly and the thing is to you know that lavender that's arrived in your garden if it's still that's the one that's hardy and that's the one that's going to produce seed for you that is actually it's not going to be a you know, a hybrid. That's the one right. that is going to be producing actual viable seed for you. And that's the one that will continue to grow well in your garden. So you might as well try and use that one. It's there anyway. It's just going to go to the wind. So you might as well. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and then one that you don't see often, but lemongrass. So there's two ways to grow it. And I okay. have grown it successfully. And I've tried last year was the first year that I actually put it in my garden. Before that, I always grew it in a pot. And so to grow it in a pot, you could go to the grocery store, make sure that the crown is intact and you purchase lemongrass stalks, usually in the Asian section. Um, Freshco tends to have a really good Asian section or you go to an Asian grocery store and they will have lemongrass normally intact. If it's if the bottoms have been cut off and they're flat, you're not going to have anything from that. So right. they really do have to be you know together like as yes a, they have to like be almost like the together. base of celery right like it has to be together. exactly it has okay. to be together it has to have that plate there so you take that and you put that in a glass of water take all of them and then they're going to root doesn't take long they produce these really thick white roots that come out of the base and then you can plant that so you can plant i would plant it inside and then what will happen is it'll grow from the center and all the outer leaves will eventually brown and fall off. It doesn't matter because the center is what you're coming out. It's not going to thicken the actual stalk. It's just going to produce a new plant from the center, which okay. takes just as much time, in my opinion, as starting it from seeds. So okay. if you do that, that's fine. You can do the same thing and put them in the, in the ground. They have to be on time. Like you can't put that as soon as it's the frost is past, there's no more risk of frost. That's when you have to do it because they are frost tender. But, you know, I start mine from seeds. So I, and I find lavender seeds are fairly hardy. Like they have good germination. They don't die like other seeds. Like they will last for years. So you get a package of many seeds. You don't need that many. You know, you can use of it for Lemongrass, you said, right? Lemon lemongrass grass seeds. Yeah. Lemongrass seeds. Yep. And then I start them in January. The same thing. They're very slow growing. Okay. I think our window has now passed for this year. I wouldn't mm -hmm. recommend doing it. It's just going to take forever. They yeah. may not germinate. You know, you need to over sow. And um, you would just need to make sure they don't dry out because they do not like it at all. When they're seedling, okay. when they're already in the ground, you still have to water them really well so they fully establish and you start seeing them producing side shoots and the whole bit. So until that time, they need really good watering. And so when you're having them in your pots, you can't neglect them. And once okay. you see the leaves go brown, they're done. So you just oh, got to okay. make sure that you stay on top of watering. So they're, okay. they're tricky. They're complicated, yeah. right? It's easier okay. with store-bought. Yeah. So, but so we have time then. So if, if someone wanted to go to the, you know, Asian market and, and purchase some, the grocery store now, we could yeah. kind of root them and get them going. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. That's good to yeah, know. Like I said, it's a fun project with kids too. I think that's a fun thing to do, right? They get it to is. see it grow. It they get to taste it and smell it. And yeah. yeah. So you yeah. Know, if it's in a pot, you bring it indoors and it'll continue to grow for a bit. And if it's okay. not, and you want to put it in your sunniest, warmest location in the garden, that's where it'll produce the, long, the best because it does have a long growing season. So the longer okay. you have, the better. <laughs> Um, we have a visitor joined us <laughs> wait now will they be perennial are they they're not perennial though in the garden yeah not okay. here not in this country not right. in this, if you're in like a zone 10b you would be yeah. perennial but they're not here yeah Can you imagine being a zone 10b oh my goodness yeah i'd love it <laughs> i know um so uh, ray enjoyed so it wasn't ray wasn't the original person who asked about chickens but he said uh, thanks for the info on chickens as i was contemplating on raising them love the show and the advice so thank you very much ray so that's good we've got such great listeners don't we um so we do. So, uh, and I like to say, so I, you can't see it, or maybe if I turn my screen, I don't know if you can see it. So I have one of those arrow gardens growing, you know, you can oh, see the glow nice. of the light. Yes. And I do have um, basil, parsley, and the rosemary. We didn't, we not had luck with rosemary, but we have the rosemary growing. So uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. So that is my little attempt at growing inside. But the I'm rosemary excited about actually it grew the rosemary because that's yeah. a really hard one. That's on my list of you're better off buying it. Yeah, definitely. That's what I saw that on the list. So there is my um, my little oh. tiny um, rosemary plant. Isn't that great? That so is great. I had to do a modified. We accidentally, I accidentally um, threw out. I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to throw out those containers that the, the little pots that came in. <laughs> Oops, my son was like, it was, his, it was his garden, but we figured it, the best place, because the light is on all night, the best place for it yeah. is in my office, so, right, um, but these right. little terracotta pots worked out fine, so oh, there you go, really so we modified that's things, um, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it made me turn around, because sometimes I forget about them, because it's dark all day, and then it turns on right. just before we started the show, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I am still ordering, I am ordering, um, growing some things inside, but I'm excited so about Rose lemongrass. I'm going tomorrow, I think. Oh, great. That, you know, I always, I used to always keep my eye on them. I'd like, even if I didn't want to buy it or wasn't looking for it, I'd still like pass by the lemongrass. Do they have any? Nope. Okay. Next time. But if they ever found one that was intact with the base, I always bought it because it's okay. How can you not? Right. Yeah. Like they're just, they're asking to be bought. So um, definitely try it. That is the easy one to do for sure. And it's, it's really nice. You could even put it into like a container with flowers and that will be your thrill in the center. Yeah. That could be your thrill because it grows yeah. similar to a spike, right? Oh, it has the same great. kind of flowing upward yeah. nature and it smells good and it's okay. delicious. Oh. Yeah. You know what? I was once at a client's house and she put um, carrots in her container and like you know, the oh. foliage, because I was like, what is that foliage? It looks so interesting. And that was her spike. And she goes, it was, it's carrots. So, oh, neat. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's often I've thought about that of doing like between herbs and vegetables and kind of having that yeah. be your container at the front door. So yeah, let me try that this year. Oh, so, okay. uh, something different. Um, so there is always a few challenging ones as we wrap up the show because it time flies like crazy here. Um, that is just easier to let yourself off the hook, right? And and purchase the plant. Yeah. So rosemary. So rosemary mm -hmm. is similar to lavender. They're the same plant family. Mint is the same family, right? Uh, most of these herbs are mint family. And rosemary, because it's it has tricky germination, it is because of that, and because it's not perennial here, I mean, I think you have to be a zone seven for rosemary potentially or six B or something like that. Not where I live, you know, maybe 
maybe if you're if you're Niagara for sure. But so because of that, because how slowly it grows and because it's not perennial here, you know, it's easier to have a, a more established plant. So it's mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I, I figure that is something you're better off purchasing larger because if it's tiny like that and it takes so long to grow, just like a lavender in the first year, it's never going to make a harvest. If you if you harvest from it, you're going to stunt it anyway. It needs a second year. It needs to be harvested in the second year. So you've got to, you're saving yourself a year by harvesting, sorry, by purchasing a nursery plant. Okay. And um, you can grow it in a pot. It is difficult to overwinter. It does not like the transition. Yeah. And because they will shed all its leaves. But you know what I found to make it work is I put it in my garage. One year, I brought it in my garage, completely forgot about it. And it it got used to being in the shade because it's in the garage. I have those window slats, but that doesn't really count. But it's still a a touch of light. Uh, It wasn't in complete darkness. But that adapted it. And then I brought it in. Any bugs were there because it's a garage. It's not really an environment where bugs like to live because it's kind of cool. I didn't have any aphids or anything. And I brought it in my gardening room and it flowered in the winter. So that is a really neat thing. And then, of course, I'm bad with watering plants. I'm better now. That was years ago. Um, (laughs) It. I could have put it back in the garden, but you could do the same. You can keep a big one. You know, you can buy a bigger, more established uh, rosemary, harvest from it you know, it'll flower. The flowers are edible. They're really pretty. And, um, which I had never seen a rosemary flower in my area before. So that was a really neat experience. So one, I recommend buying, I'm going to be buying mine this year. Um, and then mint is, is not, if you try, so mint is available just like basil in so many varieties, but they don't grow true from seeds. So you're better off buying a plant plus um you know if you buy the seeds there are mint seeds it's more like a regular mint I don't even know what kind of mint it is it's not even a spearmint it's some kind of mint so you know it's not it's not worth it I'd rather you're better off buying the varieties you like and my one of my favorites if you've ever heard of it is lovage and lovage is if you can buy the lovage I recommend it um it is similar flavor to celery it's perennial they grow enormous enormous by the second and north yeah. six feet like they're yeah. huge right have you had they're it huge before? yeah I yeah. my girlfriend grows it so my girlfriend Janet grows it and it's it, like it's massive like it, it's up the deck and you know so you have to have room for it but a huge pollinator huge pollinator and you know the, the stems you can use as a straw in cocktails you can have like make Caesars with it and use the stems as a straw because they're hollow and they make the best soup I, I I harvest mine and I dehydrate it and I crumble it and it's like the best for making soups and chicken stock and all that so that one if you could buy it Richter's Herbs sells it as a plant if not you could buy the seeds but they take a lot of patience and a long long growing season to okay. get them you know start germinated into a tiny seedling to be planted out okay Great. I mean, just checking about other. Um, so Matt did send a message. So he had some students still stay behind in class. So he wasn't able to join us on the show tonight. But uh, no we completely understand, you know, um, and uh, but I'm excited that we covered a lot of herbs. I don't see any other questions coming uh, through, but Gary will let us know if there is. Um, I did want to make sure we talked about so your one to Give out your website and your shop because you mentioned the seed calculator as well as your yep. ebook. So, right. So, my if you go to my website, juliademakos.com, so my name, juliademakos, D I M A K O S.com, you can even do slash shop and that will take you straight to my shop. And in the shop, I have my seed starting calculator and I have an outdoor planting calculator, which tells you exactly when it's safe to transplant your seedlings outside because it's not always 
you know, it's a little bit vague sometimes, um, but this will tell you exactly when it's safe to do so. And I have all the vegetables, herbs in there. Um, and then I also have my ebook, um, starting your, you know, planning your, your vegetable garden. So if you're looking to plant a vegetable garden, I give you all the tools you need. It's 10 steps and, uh, it, it covers everything you need to, uh, think about what you want, how you're going to plan it, what are you going to include in there? You know, all the, the must-haves are in that ebook. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that is great. And of and course, can, we'll have all this info yeah. in your in our show notes for you as well. So yes. everybody can find out all that great information. Um, I want to just give a shout out and let everybody know. Thank you for joining us here uh, live on Reality Radio 101. Um, Matthew and I enjoy being here every week and uh, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. So uh, we learn right along with you with our research. And of course, like Julia, our wonderful guests that join us here on the show. So uh, as we wind down, I just wanted to let everybody know that you can always reach Matt and I um, here at instudio101 at gmail.com. Um, or down the garden path podcast at um, hotmail.com as well if you want to get to us directly we uh, love responding to you and we love uh, hearing from our listeners so uh, so that is always great and uh, yeah are you anything else what else are you looking forward to to doing oh I had a question for you about Poblano we had a dinner and we had stuffed Poblano peppers and my family yep. loved them. And I've tried other like stuffed green peppers and that never worked. So can I grow um, poblano yes. peppers? Yes. So poblano peppers are also known as ancho peppers when they're dry. They go black and flat and okay. they are kind of like, they're they're not spicy, right? They're really, really mild. It was a nice flavor. They're, you know, it certainly wasn't yeah. a, like a green pepper, you know, it had a nice flavor to it. Yeah. So you can definitely buy them and you can buy the seeds, start them now uh, okay. because all most pep like, I start all my hot peppers now and uh, sweet peppers too should be started just about now, mid middle of March and okay. uh, to give them enough time to establish. But yeah, it's a, it's a great plant. It's like, it grows like all the rest and it makes a really nice size pepper, which is like a nice dark foresty green when it's ready for harvest, almost blackish, but then you can dry it for ancho and you can make like mole chicken with it. Ah, that sounds great. We've had great luck with jalapenos, but not so great luck with um, green, like sweet peppers. So, um, so yeah, yeah, they're more challenging. But literally while we were eating dinner, everybody was like, can you grow the, like, you know, it was so, it was great that they got, that we could try to grow it. And I said, I don't know, I'll look it up and then, or I'll ask Julia. So, uh, so that is great to know. I definitely recommend that. Well, thank you once again for joining us on the show. I love learning yes. all about these herbs and uh, I'm really excited about the turmeric and oh my goodness, so much and the ginger. So I will keep yes. you posted. Please do. Thank you for all having right. me. You're welcome. Bye everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Reality Radio 101. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.